The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? It is the Unpack Podcast. Presented by AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation on Twitter at the Unpack Pod on Instagram for no GD reason at the Unpack Pod Patreon. There is a reason we're on there. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Unpack Pod. You know, if and that's that's your thing. That's cool. Like, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts like um Hetty, who who called us, quote, an enchanting examination of America's team. Unquote. That feels like a review that's like a pull quote on the inner jacket sleeve of a book or something. Five star review. Thanks. Really appreciate that. Um, I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Again, follow us, uh, the show at the Unpack Pod. And um, not so much a uh, podcast today, more of a pain cast. And we will get into that in the second half of the show. We're going to do things a little bit differently today because, of course, the Packers play the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night football. So the the five day feed that you guys are used to hearing is a little jumbled around. Uh, so no preview pod uh, with justice, no intercepted on Friday. Instead, he joins us now to uh, lend his voice and hopefully a little wisdom. Justice, how are you, man? I'm uh, not too bad. Um, eating, uh, not eating, uh, taste testing the uh, Halloween candy that we're supposed to give to the kids. So taste testing. Got like a yes. got like a ten pound bag of candy. So. You know, got to make sure there's no poison or razor blades or anything in there. Or um, or THC, because that's apparently a thing that. <laughs> Drug, <laughs> drugs are very cheap and they, yeah, people just give them away. People forget that. <laughs> We're also joined by Ben Foldy. Hello. Out in New York. How you doing, man? Doing all right. It's raining. It's, uh, it's rainy out there? It is. We got this uh, this weird time of year over here uh, in the Southwest where the light changes when it's like getting into winter and it looks like it's three o'clock in the afternoon all day long. It's very disorienting. Good uh, good climate talk here to start the pod, guys. This is yeah, this is great stuff. As Yushka gets on camera here, hey buddy. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Alan Lazard isn't isn't vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get there into is that. It. We can talk about it if you want. We oh can. We're God. gonna. We're gonna get into that. Um, He's uh, like bottom of the list now. Yeah, we're gonna get into that a little bit later on the the pain cast portion of the pod um, on the second half. First, we will start with our notable nuggets, like we like we always do. So, first half of the show, um, we'll we'll 
We'll keep it familiar for everyone. Packers, of course, beat the Washington football team, the football team from Washington. 24 to 10 was the final score. And um, yeah, notable nuggets. Hashtag note nugs. Tweet at us after every game with your bite-sized takeaways. Um, I guess I'll I'll go first. And Justice, I, I thought of this because you were coming on, so I, I kind of wanted to pick your brain as someone who uh, sometimes has the inside track on things that go on inside the league, but, um, and it's not totally related to the game, but I guess I saw in the post-game presser, Aaron Rodgers mentioned um, that he started Sunday with a bad back and that he had to have uh, his, like the, like the, the team basically kind of get him into playing shape. And then he went on like this little mini, a uh, little mini mini rant, a low key rant about how even though you're the home team, you have to uh, stay in a hotel. They don't get <laughs> he like made some very like Rogers esque passive aggressive comment about uh, he's got this very nice bed that he likes and he doesn't get to sleep in it um, when they're doing a home game. And this was top of mind for me because peel back the curtain uh, on the APC Slack chat. We were having some mattress talk uh, earlier this week, all talking about our, our mattress setups. Purple Mattress does not pay me, but I sing their praises whenever I can as someone with low back problems. So I'm very particular about my mattress. So I get where he's coming from. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Justice, if you knew what is what is this rule? Why does this exist? Is it kind of like a legacy thing? Why why does the home team have to stay in a hotel, or is that just a Green Bay thing? Is that league wide? No, that's league wide. I'm pretty sure it's a uh, like a curfew thing. Like uh, uh, you know, teams kind of want to know that their guys aren't out there at two o'clock in the morning the day before a game and stuff like that. But is it a curfew thing or is it a COVID thing? I think they did this before. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure it's a curfew thing, but because Rogers called it an antiquated rule, so it's probably been in place forever. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of old rules. Like, um, I talked about it with like Sam, where uh, we talked about like the footballs and like why you really don't need to do any of the NFL. Like the way that the NFL does it um, now is each team brings their own ball. That didn't used to be the case, but the rules for when team the home the home team was the only team that brought the footballs to the game and you just had to use their balls uh that no longer exists but the rules are still there so it doesn't it's just a bunch of rules that are still just on top of each other for for no real reason and it takes you know a dump truck to to move the nfl into any sort of direction i mean you see it all the time with the way that they move i mean they're like even the nfts they're like a year and a half behind on like nfts and stuff like that you know it's just takes them forever to get anything done that's when people talk about kind of the league office versus like the nfl um i I think it's usually issues like that where it's like the league office doesn't even understand what our problems are you know they don't change anything yeah they don't ask for our advice unless we're on a committee yeah the rule book seems like i've worked at a few um tech companies and and websites and it's like the the rule book is kind of like a tech company or a web-based company that's existed for like 10 years. So there's like this initial code that is gospel and it's this genius code that the whole company is built on. And then every two years, someone goes in and just adds on to it and changes something and they realize something about the company. So they just take a screwdriver in there, so to speak, and, and change the code. And then 
five years down the line, someone else gets in there and they're like, what is this hot mess? What is this? Just like four different languages and rules that don't connect to other rules. And like, that's kind of how I feel about what you're describing about the NFL rule book. Yeah. I mean, even kind of how, I, I guess this is like one thing that COVID is, uh, I guess kind of clarified is a lot of like the practice squad moves and stuff like that. Uh, the rules for it didn't really make sense in a way that was like functional yeah. and, you know, COVID era, like they have to have it functional. They had to expand practice squad to 16 players and all that stuff. So um, I think some things are changing for the better, but again, the NFL doesn't change these things until they absolutely have to, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just another indication that the NFL is probably the worst environment for labor in pro sports, if not, oh, well, discounting minor league baseball, if not, uh, you know, the whole country. A lot. Yeah. A lot of people have uh, have those thoughts. I mean, Demore Smith, though, right? Hey, we, we got him for another year. NFL PA. No, I'm going to keep my comments to myself on that. <laughs> Uh, justice with a very diplomatic phrasing. A lot of people have those thoughts. <laughs> people are talking, you guys. People are saying. <laughs> um, so anyway, Aaron Rodgers woke up with a bad back. 27 of 35, 274 yards, three touchdowns. Not bad. That's not the day I would have if I woke up with a bad back, but I also don't walk into the office with a team of people ready to make me physically ready to go <laughs> on that note. Uh, ben Foldy note nug coming out of this game. I mean, it seems, I guess it's probably too obvious, but you know, I could talk about Rashawn Gary, but I, I'm going to talk instead about Kings of Keek, Kiki, who I think yeah. had a pretty solid game and, and just kind of the general coalescence of the, of the front seven in ways that maybe, you know, we wouldn't have anticipated not just the beginning of the season, but, you know, a couple of games ago, it really looked like this, especially the front three were going to be like total garbage. And uh, they really actually kind of seem to be pulling it together. So that's that's my notable nugget is, is you know, Rashawn Gary's good and all, but, uh, you know, the front three in general, Kenny Clark's playing out of his mind and, and the other guys are kind of finally picking up the slack. Yeah, and uh, Justice Kiki started out slow, right? Do you uh, what? What do we account for him sort of heating up? Is it just the unit coalescing, as Ben put it? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, he was a guy who was kind of built, building momentum, you know, late last season, and then probably first two weeks of this this year, he kind of just wasn't showing up, and he started to get better. I mean, Dean is kind of getting better, you know, week to week. Ever since week one, Kenny Clark has kind of got it going. Um, so. I don't know, but you're right in that the defensive line definitely is, you know, getting into the backfield a whole lot more than they were early on in the season. Um, maybe it's offensive line matchups, frankly. Uh, you know, New Orleans has basically pro bowlers across the board, and the Lions have one of the best young offensive lines, I guess is the way to put it, in the league. So maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Dean Lowry. I want to give a shout-out to uh, John, who tweeted out uh, his note nug. Is Dean Lowry possessed or something? Uh, he definitely had a pretty good game. I think I heard Aaron Rodgers uh, in a press conference uh, today or a couple days ago refer to him as ornery. <laughs> what have you seen, Justice, out of Dean Lowry? Hey, he's doing pretty good. I mean, the, the big thing with Lowry is he's he's an athlete, especially for his size, especially for an interior lineman, right? Yeah. He kind of moves like a base four, three end uh, as a three, four end. And they use him inside as like a three technique all the time. So he's one-on-one with guards. Um, that length can be a big issue for a lot of guys who are like 
you know, six, two, and they only have like 31 inch arms or something like that. He can just get in their chest and push them back. And I think we're seeing more and more of that. I, I, I think he's more of kind of like a, a matchup based uh, in, in, in terms of production, right? It's very matchup based in terms of like, can the guy across from him, him handle the two things that he does well. Right. Yeah. Um, but Hey, those are pretty good tricks. I mean, yeah. we've seen the production come in the past couple of weeks. So if I remember right, he, he was a force player of yours, right. Coming out. Yeah. He's incredibly athletic. Um, he was a young guy too. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he's like 25 still or something like that. Like yeah. he came out of the draft and he was like 20 years old. So Northwestern, right. Yeah. Northwestern. Yeah. yeah they, they produce some NFL players. It's very weird. Like Slater, uh, first round pick for the Chargers, uh, Newsom, the corner with the uh, Browns now. Like mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they're able to kind of like turn those guys into like actual NFL players, even though they're, you know, in theory, there to play school. Play school. <laughs> Shout out Cardell Jones. Hey, uh, Justice, give me your uh, notable nugget coming out of this game. Uh, my notable nugget. Um, after watching the film yesterday, um, the coach's film, I think Washington was a great warm-up for Arizona. I think if you're playing a team like Arizona, one of the best teams that you could, especially on you know Thursday night, uh, quick turnaround, um, one of the best teams, I think, in the league to kind of mimic what they do on the field is Washington. Obviously, the quarterback difference is kind of what's going to get a lot of people hung up on yep. that comparison. Um Washington is probably one of three teams that legitimately spreads to run. So spread means a lot of things to a lot of people. What it means to me and in the context uh, of how I'm speaking about it, spread is when by alignment, you basically have four wideouts, right? Like there's no attached tight end to the formation. Um, so it could be three by two or, or two by two. Some people only call spread when it's two by two. To me, that it doesn't matter. The big thing I want to focus on is they get four guys outside of the formation, right? And they want to throw it to them. And they want to run inside because there's really no other way to run the ball unless you are running inside uh, without a tight end or a second back in the backfield. Washington, Arizona, and Buffalo are probably the only three teams that do that consistently in the NFL. Mm -hmm. A lot of teams, when they go four wide, they do it to pass. It's usually, you know, third down, but you want to keep that six man in for protection. So you're using the running back or you want the defense to think that, you know, you might use that running back. So that's why you don't go into empty in that situation. That's kind of what green Bay does um, with their four open stuff. Uh, Arizona will run the ball at you and they have to come up with, you know, Arizona and Washington will run the ball at you. And they had to come up with some answers against Washington because they were lining up in their base nickel stuff, which is how they're going to line up to 11 personnel, which is one back one tight end. Um, That's how, I think it's something like 60% of the league um, play snaps out of that now um, in terms of like 60% of the collective NFL snaps are, are 11 personnel. Um, the way Green Bay lines up to that is with three defensive tackles. That allows Devondre Campbell to play from tackle to tackle. The problem is that guy has to be right consistently. So like what Washington would do is they would – use jet motion and they would uh, use, you know, maybe a tight end that's off the ball to whip back around the formation and get Campbell. And then their answer had to be, okay, well, we need that extra guy. Where is that? So, you know, there's a blocker, right? So he takes up Campbell. Well, now you need a tackler. So where's that coming from? And Green Bay kind of got into that problem a little bit where, you know, the safety is just too far off the ball. That's going to be a seven yard gain in the run game, you know? So they had to come up with some answers there. They started playing like base nickel stuff. So, you know, obviously they don't have the same team speed, I would say, as Arizona, especially, you know, 
at the quarterback position, I think that's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, they did allow, it was something like 90 yards to, to Heineke yeah. uh, on the ground, just like rushing. And I think that team speed thing really does matter in that situation. Cause I'm glad they learned that lesson against Washington and not against Arizona. There were times where they didn't have a bad pass rush, but Heineke steps up. And then you remember we have three defensive tackles on the field. And then it's just like straight dart down the field. You know what I mean? So yeah. they got into some different stuff. They played like uh normal nickel with like two inside linebackers instead of just Campbell playing sideline to sideline um, to kind of mitigate that. Uh, Jalen Smith was the guy off the bench for that situation. And then they did some three safety stuff too um, that helped them out. But that's basically how they're getting speed on the field to combat that. I think that's probably the game plan going into this game. Can I ask a, uh... So you watched the game film and I want to defend Green Bay a little bit on the the Heineke uh, running it down the field kind of stuff, because the, the one where he kind of broke down the middle, like like went straight up the middle and ran for I don't know what it was, 40 yards or something. Um, it seemed like there were at least one, maybe two very, very obvious holds on that. I don't know if that stuck out to you, at, at least a. Uh, I think it was the uh, on the left side of the offensive line. There was a, I don't know, some kind of weird ballet dancing chokehold going on. I'm I'm continually bewildered this season by the refs. I don't know. You watched the film. Do you agree with that, or am I just uh, playing fanboy over here? No, I mean, there's probably different. You know, it's gray areas of holding uh, to you know mo- most passing plays at this point, especially ones with uh, the quarterback moving around. I will say. The spread to run teams are the teams that don't get holding called mm. nearly as much because the teams that spread out, think about it from this perspective. If we're spreading out our players, you're spreading out your players, right? So now we have bodies on the edges of the field. If we're throwing someone open, it's going to come across the middle of the field where that, where that umpire is. So like, there's plenty of like air raid teams and, run and shoot teams, first play of the game, they'll run a crosser right at the ref. Because what's he going to do? He's going to take his eyes off of the off of uh, the offensive lineman for a holding call. Like, that's kind of how these guys kind of play ball, where it's like we're throwing into the area where the ref is supposed to have vision on the offensive line. Therefore, we can hold more. Um, it's kind of how that plays out a little bit. You know, it's almost like the Seattle doesn't get called for holding when they're playing cover three because they're just like press zone all the time. You know what I mean? It's It's yeah. hard to be cognizant of it when it's happening every single play. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so we've, we've already, we're going already getting a little bit into uh, Thursday night football. Um, so we're going to, we're going to throw it to break, but two, two note nugs here on the, on the way out uh, from Glenn. First of all, can't be mad about being six and one going into this super tough stretch of the schedule. And then Molly tweets in her note nug. If this team ever gets healthy, look out. Well, to both of you, I say the pain cast continues right after this, and we're going to get into it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
and Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, guys, we are back. And um, the pain cast, as I already said, continues. Um, but we're going to go right into the spa um, as we look ahead to Thursday Night Football, a little bit of a preview, game preview episode for you guys. And uh, I'll go first with my haiku. Joe Barry? More like no Barry. Am I right, guys? Tip your bartenders. Hey. All right, so I we didn't realize it would be the first domino to fall. Um of many, but it is the first domino to fall. Joe Barry, um, does he have COVID or did he just test positive? Is he a close contact? I think he has COVID. Justice, do you know? What's the difference? He he tested positive. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, if you're a close contact, maybe you don't have it, but you have to sort of be away from he, the He team. wasn't a close contact. Wait, yeah. He tested positive, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I just don't mean, I, I just mean that there's not a difference between testing positive and having it. Yes. Well, it could be a false, a false positive. positive. Yeah, I, guess, get yeah. Another. I don't think that's. But the I case. think I mean, don't they? I think they 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 do another test before they announce that you're out, right? I mean, I can't imagine that they just do one test and they're like, oh, you'd think there so. Goes your whole week, but they also, you know, each team brings their own balls, and there's all these weird rules <laughs> from the freaking 1940s. Um, uh, Justice, does it matter? Uh, for like a defensive coordinator to not to not be there, do you think that? Do you think that this will affect the Packers? And in general, do we make too much of it when a when a when a coach is sidelined? Um, I would say that in Barry's case, because he's coaching from the actual sideline, it probably probably matters less. Uh, the way that their base defense is structured doesn't really it it doesn't really matter what they're calling because their defense kind of by necessity, by being able to stay in that front, um, adjusts itself in a lot of ways, I guess is the kind of way to put it. Um, maybe in their nickel stuff, it hurts a little bit, but I'd be more worried if he was a guy like Dan Quinn, who's coaching up from the booth and, you know, he's very active in terms of like my eyes are what I'm calling type of thing than right. a guy up from the sideline, you know? So I'm less worried about it than I would be in other situations. But I mean, you always want your defensive coordinator at the game. I mean, that, that, yeah. that's always a good start, right? Yeah, but he does call plays, right? Is there? They also have a guy who's eye in the sky, and they're talking. I'm assuming throughout the game. Do you know that? Oh yeah, I'm sure they have like seven of those dudes. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's kind of how the NFL works. Um, yeah, someone's got to be in his ear. They said that uh, Jerry Gray, who's the passing game coordinator and defensive backs coach, is going to end up calling the game. I don't know where he is um, in terms of like on the field. I haven't really paid, paid attention that much. So maybe he's the guy in the booth uh, handling that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a defensive backs guy is the guy up there because that's kind of, you know, who you want. Yeah. And he's also, I mean, he's an, he's a former 
DC, right? I mean, he he knows how to run a defense. Yeah, that hopefully it shouldn't be an issue. I mean, the only thing would be like if you get a bunch of weird stuff. But I mean, Arizona didn't practice on Monday because they again have Thursday night football. So we're get, we're going to get like one real practice out of Arizona this week. I don't know how much more they could put in that Green Bay wouldn't be prepared for at this point. Yeah, it's the uh, the the fortunate thing is at least both teams have to deal with getting ready for uh, Thursday night. Ben, as your cat walks across the camera, you want to read a haiku? Uh, I'd have to make one up off the top of my head, but I think I can do that. Oh, I'll, I'll count for you. I hate Thursday night. Why is such a good matchup on Thursday? Amazing. <laughs> Let me just uh, make a timestamp note to bleep that. <laughs> oh, man. Thursday Night Football. The worst. The worst. Without fail. Uh, I, I look forward to someone getting hurt and lying on the field for 20 minutes. I look forward to like t- like trying to figure out trying to figure out when I can turn it off and go to bed and not miss something interesting, like the kind of like perpetual mental math of the, of the Thursday night game in the Eastern time zone. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, and I, it sucks because I think this should be a good matchup. Instead, we have abbreviated COVID timeline. Uh, you know, this should be one of the most exciting games of the season. And instead, I think it's probably going to kind of suck and uh, and not really tell us that much about the Packers in the end, yeah. honestly, which is disappointing. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how like the last handful of NFL primetime games have been total crap fest? They had a hot start, but yeah, not so much anymore. Uh, I, I, saw, I saw the uh, point differential for this past week, week seven was like the biggest uh, that anyone's had in like 20 years or something. So that's never good when you don't have like non-competitive games. I mean, I I think the only like one score game this past week was uh, Lions, right? At least on Sunday. I think you might be right. I was listening to, I listened to part of the Around the NFL podcast uh, today and they made a big deal of it. I think they called it something like Duck and Cover Sunday, but <laughs> commemorating all of the, the two or more score games is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's not the best. And it, it really is a bummer that, you know, this game is going to decide seating in the, the NFC in some way, form or fashion, yeah. right? And I think we're all going to look back at this game and, you know, no matter the outcome, it's going to be like that was a one of one game that is not replicable in the future and doesn't have, a you know, isn't reflective of either of these franchises. So that kind of sucks. Right. But what can you do? I mean, yeah. this is the NFL. If they want to play the uh, Super Bowl in February, this is what you got to do, I guess. I guess maybe it's because I'm brooding over here with a Trader Joe's red wine, but I just. I you know to to listen to you describe that it feels like <laughs> I mean it's only one team can win but it feels like every year for the past couple years we've had that game where it's like a big deal game and the and the Packers lose and then you look back on it and it had it was like 
it impacted the seating. It was a big deal. And the Packers come up on the wrong end of it every time. Maybe that's revisionist history. Maybe it's not always the case. Maybe I'm glass of wine in and feeling pessimistic. I don't know. <laughs> well, wait. Well, I mean, last year, wasn't it? I mean, the Niners without somebody. If that's I remember, true. Right? Or without like all of their running all, backs. Without anybody. It? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that was the shoes on the other foot moment. That's true. All right. I'm immediately shot down. Thanks. Thanks for talking me out of the hole. Yeah, that game was. I mean, that's another game too, where like America was robbed of what would have been otherwise a also good unwatchable. Game. Yeah, so I just like. Right. I mean, it was, it was nice as a Packers fan to kind of just have a, a snoozer. I mean, that's the thing though is like I'd rather watch a shootout. I'd rather watch you know the first Aaron Rodgers playoff game versus the Cardinals on a th- you know, like I would love to lose a close, awesome game to the Cardinals and, and instead of watching kind of a. Thursday night, you know, heavyweight drunkard bout. <laughs> heavyweight drunkard bout. Watch. Well, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna hit the over now, and I'm gonna look like an <laughs> asshole. But that's totally okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Justice. Do you have a haiku? Oh, I do. You you never come without one. Get vaccinated, Alan Lazard. We needed you. St. Brown breakout game. <laughs> Winfrey breakout game. Malik Taylor breakout game. The dominoes fall, man. Devontae Adams on the COVID list. I mean, that's the thing we didn't touch on yet. I alluded to it with, with my haiku, but Adams down and then it is Lazard. He is the close contact, right? He um, yep. is not close vaccinated. Close contact, unvaccinated. Come and the on, chances man. of him of him getting that if he was vaccinated are pretty low, I think, right? Yes. Well, so if the the only reason he's on the list is because he's not vaccinated. If he's a close contact and he's and he is vaccinated and he tests negative, then he's good to go. Am, am I am I right there? Yep. Yep. He was only out for Rappaport reported it earlier that he's only out for being a close contact. So he didn't even necessarily test. Uh, positive. He was just in the wide receiver room. A wide receiver has it, and so he's out. He's out of there for five days, I guess. So he's not going to oh, be there for the game. Yeah, sucks. Uh, I I looked it up earlier. Um, the Packers have run two offensive snaps with guys that are going to be available in this game. Two <laughs> with two. with like the total. Like it's actually se- it's seven, but five of them are kneel downs. Yeah. So they've run two actual offensive snaps with guys who will actually be in this game. So, I mean, MVS, if he's able to come back, that would be great. Um, they seem pretty, like, day-to-day yeah. with his situation, so I wouldn't necessarily bank on that. Um, MVS you know, hasn't Daphne, practiced yet at all, right? No, nope, not yet. Not that they've reported it. They don't have to report it, and, uh, you know, the the uh, reporters weren't there on the Tuesday practice So I, because I, it was a walkthrough, technically. I think so. I saw just before we hit record that Matt LaFleur said – that he's a game time decision that he's been running, but he hasn't practiced yet. And, you know, we were chatting in the APC Slack earlier today. I mean, to go with no practices after it's been like a month or something. I don't know. It seems unlikely. The other thing too, is they haven't even really actually had a practice. Like they still today, their injury report was an estimated injury report because they did a walkthrough today. So what we're going to get is, you know, game, game Sunday, no practice Monday, walkthrough 
Tuesday, walk through Wednesday, you fly out to Arizona. So it's not even like these guys are like going to go live against each other. So I don't That's know. So how. dumb. We, we had, we had, you know, the hopes that, you know, maybe this was the week Bakhtiari comes back. This is the week that King comes back. This is the week that Preston Smith comes back. This is the week that MVS comes back. This is the week that Daphne comes back. And now it's like, well, they're not even going to be at practice. So how can you test them at practice to see if they're game ready? You know, yeah. it all goes back to Ben's haiku. Thursday night football. Stupid. The verdict is stupid. Worst of the worst. It couldn't have come at a more unfortunate time, too. And yeah. I wrote an article for uh, Bleacher Report. They had their communities um, talk about, you know, each each community had a writer that wrote a piece about where they would want to go to visit for an away game, right? And I picked Arizona because I was like, it's a Thursday. You take the weekend. You can just, like, hang out there. You don't have that quick turnaround to come back for, you know, work on Monday or something like that. Take Friday off. Um, I was like, you know, I don't want to go to San Francisco for Shanahan, right? Because, you know, he's scary. I don't want that. And then it ends up being Arizona's a lot better than San Francisco is. And now I'm petrified at this team. So yep. that's like going to be like an old takes exposed or something like that by, <laughs> by Thursday night, I think. That was a bad call on my part. Also, Mexican food. That was another big part of uh, going to Arizona, too. So Yeah, I'm going to see you online later. Just like, well, Scottsdale's nice. They got Mexican. I don't know. <laughs> It's not so bad there. Um, I don't know. Maybe we can um, let's try to think optimistically. I saw uh, Peter Bukowski on, on Twitter earlier today making the case um, for the Packers trying to make this game a slog rather than a shootout. And he points to the Cardinals D struggling against the run. Um, and in fact, uh, apparently they are last in the league at allowing explosive runs. They allow an explosive run on 17 percent of run plays um just as you watch some some cardinals film does that ring true to you is that a weakness they can expose yeah they've had some guys out though up front right like chandler was on list you know jj's been banged up a little bit he's on the injury report still um but they definitely are green in terms of like the spine of the defense like those linebackers and those safeties um are young guys who can run uh and they're for lack of a better term, like developmental guys for yeah. Arizona right now, they're hoping that those picks turn out, you know, in the upcoming years, um, their team speed is crazy. But like you said, I mean, they give up explosives too. So they're, they're a team. I think they're top five in TFLs um, just in terms of pure volume. And that's with going against teams that are trying to throw the football to come back into games to match the score of the Arizona Cardinals offensively. Right. So they're a team that can get in the backfield and also give up explosive plays. Um, that's kind of who they are. I, I wouldn't be opposed to going out there and running the ball, uh, especially with kind of how the wide receiver room is. I mean, I talked to Robert Mays uh, before the Bears game, and he was talking to me about how NFL coaches are really threatened by the size of the Packers receivers, right? Because now any of them can get the ball and any of them can block for each other. I think that's probably still true, um, but the length, isn't there. So like, I don't know if, if they're going to be threatened as much when it's Malik Taylor out there, he's a straight line speed guy. Um, he's, he's one of their few big bodies, but I don't know if you could throw him a screen and ask him to, you know, run and get a 15 yard gain or something like that. So I think like Equinamius St. Brown, Amari Rogers, those guys are probably better suited to be like jet motion guys. I kind of wonder if they're going to run more of like the Tyler Irvin stuff with those guys kind of playing the Tyler Irvin role. Um, obviously, They'll probably play more 
12 personnel, right. Um, with, with two tight ends just to get them into good matchups and they've played uh split back gun stuff. You know, the, we've talked about it, uh, the pony personnel stuff. They haven't necessarily uh, used it this year. They've had games last year and the year before, you know, LaFleur's first season where they would use their two back stuff. Uh, I'm thinking like the first Tampa Bay game uh, last season, like they used their pony stuff a ton to try to get out of that blitz heavy defense. They haven't had that game. So I would assume that there's an uptick in all those three things, right? The Tyler Irvin offense coming back two tight end stuff and then split back on stuff, um, getting to the, both of those backs out on the field. And Kylan Hill's been out there for a few, few of those snaps before, man, Tyler Irvin gets mentioned so much considering that, like for like a, a role guy who filled a very specific role on the team for like two thirds of a season, basically, <laughs> basically he was part of their identity. Though. I know. I mean, when I say the Tyler Irvin offense, you know what I'm talking about. I know right? what you're talking about, but like in 10 exactly. years, we're going to be like, old grizzled fans be like, ah, Tyler Irvin. And people are like, what the F are you talking? Who is that? Right. They're going to, yeah, they're going to think they're going to put us in a home. They're going to put us in a home. (laughs) All right, grandma. Sure. Right this way. Let's go. Let's get you to bed. Um, You mentioned JJ Watt. I keep forgetting he's, uh, he's on the Cardinals. Um, How's, how's he playing this year? Is that a guy that Packers need to worry about? As long as he's healthy, you got to worry about him. Yeah. And that's kind of the situation with Watt at this point. Um, He, he, they definitely do rotate him out a little bit more than like he did, you know, when he was contending for like defensive player of the year in Houston, uh, Chandler Jones coming back should help him a lot, but yeah, I mean, you got to worry about those guys <laughs> no matter where they are on the field. I mean, a guy who can move like JJ at his size. I mean, we, we, we just talked about how, you know, Dean Lowry, his length and explosiveness gives guards issues. Now imagine JJ Watt where that's turned up to like 11. Yep. The, uh, Packers run game really struggled against Washington. And we talked about um, Arizona's run defense. Do you see this as a, as a bounce back game for the backfield? Yeah, because Washington might have three guys on the interior who are better than any of Arizona's guys, unless you're counting Watt as an interior guy and he kicks out on the edge too. Um, They just don't have the defensive tackles is kind of the best way to explain it. Right. They don't have the defensive tackles to do what Washington did. Um, Washington, beat them up up front, frankly, and they forced them to throw the ball. And Green Bay was saying, okay, sure, why not? All right, here's a bomb to Alan Lazard, right? Obviously, they're not going to have him this week, but that was kind of their answer. So as long as they're still able to do that, I, I don't see why they would have an issue running the ball as much against this Arizona team as um, Washington. The big thing that I would worry about is deep shots because this team is – athletic they are athletic everywhere on every level of the field defensively they can chase you down so i do wonder you know maybe you should be the team that makes this ugly maybe you should try to win this game 20 to 16 or whatever weird score right 17 um maybe that is the optimal game plan here because if you get in the shootout and they have the speed advantage defensively and offensively, all their wide receivers can run four fours other than AJ Green. And then you have Kyler who can probably run like a four three at quarterback. Yeah. That's probably not so fun to play like that. No. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is. I mean, just based on receivers, right? It's probably gonna be kind of a a short yardage kind of timing performance from Aaron Rodgers. If 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 they're successful, um, that will probably be the shape of the offense, right? Like chew up clock. 
take five yards. A lot of six yard passes to Winfrey. Keep it rolling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's your out of the guys who are available now? Like, who are your shot play guys? Right? Is it Cobb and then Tunyon? That's it. Yeah. Is MVS going to be back? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we'll ah. we'll see. I guess tomorrow they talk about him. You know, game uh, day day to day, but I, I don't. I don't get it. If he's not practicing by tomorrow, I wouldn't assume that the flight to Arizona is going to help his hamstring injury by any means. Yeah. And given what they uh, want yeah. him to do is basically just like run a straight line and take the top off the entire game hamstring. Yeah. I don't know. It's a big ask. Yeah. Stressed on the uh, soft tissues. The soft tissues always get them. It's amazing. But yeah, I mean, three wide receivers are now two on the COVID list. I mean, that's never what you want to see. Um, they only have one wide receiver who's caught more than 100 yards receiving, and that's Randall Cobb, and he's at like 196 or something. So yeah. uh, not not the uh, best spot to be in. That's why I think they're going to use a lot more to like jet stuff. Um, I just kind of think that that's kind of how they have to play ball right now. Yeah. Jet stuff, more tight ends, more backs. I mean, But how much, how much of that can you really do like for a whole game? If you get a lead, right? So that's the big Yeah, one. I guess that's true. If you get a lead, I mean, the Rams have shown us, right? Like the Rams, the Niners, all those teams. Like if, you, if you're if you up by three points, you can pretty much just stay in that one offense the entire time. If it spirals out of control, that's you're in big trouble. Because if you're out there in 11 personnel and that 11 is Tanya and Cobb, uh, Malik Taylor and Amari Rogers, I guess Equinamia St. Brown is probably in before Malik Taylor, but I don't think they're really threatening anyone. Right. It's tough. It's tough. Well, the line went from, uh, I believe cards minus three and then Devon, the Devante news. And then it jumped to, um, minus six and a half. I don't think it's shifted again as of recording, uh, right now on a Tuesday afternoon, uh, about 8 PM Eastern time. But, uh, but it might, it might, um, I don't know, uh, Justice. Give me as 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 best you can a prediction for what you think is going to happen. Is it a winnable game as 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 the teams are currently constituted here on Tuesday night? I mean, when you got Aaron Rodgers under center, you always have a chance to win an NFL game, right? So never never say, never say never. But yeah, the Packers are five or six and a half point underdogs right now on DraftKings and. Ooh, not not great. I mean, this is the position that you wanted to be in. I, I do think, you know, Arizona probably wins this. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, this is a game that I think is going to be decided really early on, right? If, if the Packers can prove that they can score a touchdown before Arizona does in that personnel um, with the guys that they got right now, I mean, that'll go a long way. Because, again, they've only run two plays this entire season. We're in week eight now that – the guys who are going to be playing on Thursday have played. That's crazy. Um, so they don't really like using this personnel together, and now they're being forced to do it. Yeah. And that's them the breaks right? for a whole ball game, basically. <laughs> for a whole ass ball game. Yep. <laughs> and the other thing too is all those wide receivers. It'll be interesting, and you know I do think Jawan Winfrey is going to be activated because of this. They just protected him as the fourth guy on the practice squad yep. with the long snapper, quarterback, and kicker. Um, but all those wide receivers who are now asking to be played, you know, at forcing to be played on offense, right. For, you know, down to down starters, basically all those guys are special teams contributors too. So it's not just hurting you on offense. It's you have to figure out like, wait, 
we have four wide receivers right now. Three of them play special teams. The other one's Randall Cobb that we can't ask to play special teams at his age, right? So it's going to get into an interesting situation. I think we're going to get the corners out there a lot more. Um, Shamar John Charles, right? He was a gunner. Uh, he missed that that kind of like weird fair catch thing a couple of weeks ago. He's probably going to be out there again this week because they can't afford to have a wide receiver out there, even though Malik Taylor just got healthy. Ugh. I don't feel good. I don't feel good about this. The vibes are off. The vibes are off. Yeah. The painful vibes are radiating. <laughs> ben, any uh, closing thoughts? What are your vibes on this game? Is it pain radiating? Uh, from I mean, New York I think City? I've been pretty clear already. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's I, the, the one good thing I'll say is that they've got enough excuses if they get trashed uh, that it, you know, doesn't derail the season and kind of bring up the whole like, well, are they just pretenders beating up on bad teams conversation? Like, I, I you know, Arizona's second in defensive DVOA, I believe, like, they could get totally owned in this game and it would not change my, you know, real sense of this team moving forward, uh, which is probably good because I'll probably turn it off at halftime. So, <laughs> if, if Arizona gets up by more than two scores, I don't care when in the game it happens, put love in. I, the last thing that we need is like Rodgers going down trying to make a comeback in this game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. If you go down 17-0 midway through the second, at that point, I just say like, screw it. Like, let's just try to make it out of this game as healthy as possible. We got the Chiefs. Exactly. Week. Yeah. I, you know, I say, I say approach it that way pretty much from the start, honestly. <laughs> like, it's not a lot of margin for uh, injury at this point. Yep. I uh I think that's a podcast, guys. I'm just gonna hit the polka before we continue to talk ourselves into sad oblivion. The vibes, the COVID vibes, the injury vibes. They are radiating. Thursday night football, the Packers playing the Cardinals. Some of the Packers are playing the Cardinals on Thursday. We'll see how it goes. Big thanks to Justice for joining us. Thank you to Ben. Justice filling in for Alex. Safe travels to Florida. Don't get COVID. Fingers crossed for you, buddy. All right, everybody. Enjoy the game as best you can. Let's hope for a win. But let's manage our expectations. And we will see you on the other side of the weekend. Later, guys. Then you chuck a luck until they're dry.